Hey ladies, and welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am so glad you are here listening today. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings in hopes that we can be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in this crazy time of life. So grab something refreshing and let's get going. Ayo ladies, Ashley Chestnut joins me on this episode of the podcast to remind us that we are not alone in our sin, and specifically when it comes to sexual sin. Ashley discusses a biblical framework for sex and misconceptions about sexual sin, and her experience in young adult ministry and knowledge on this subject were just super helpful and practical. She extends so much grace while calling us into something greater. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Ashley. I'm so excited to have you. I'm happy to be here. Yes. Will you tell my listeners a little bit about you, what life is like for you these days? Sure thing. So I live in Birmingham, Alabama. And I work on staff at the church at Brick Hills here and, and do young adult ministry. So pretty much if you're out of college and you're in your 20s and 30s, whether you're single or married, you're my people. Yeah, so that's right. I, and those are my people here yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. So I get to um, minister to this group, which means overseeing small groups, helping people connect to the church. And then I do kind of another hat that I wear. I do small group curriculum for our church as well. So Very a couple cool. of yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's almost like a, you know, a teacher role in itself, like being able to ha- like come up with that, that takes a certain special person to do. Well, I do have an education background like you, Emma. So mm-hmm. middle mm-hmm. grades education is coming in handy when I do young adult ministry. Oh, I bet. I was like, I, and you could kind of tell, I was like, she seems kind of like a teacher to me. <laughs> yeah. We know, we know our kind. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell my listeners just kind of a little bit about your story, just like how you came to know the Lord. Definitely. So I grew up in college ministry. My mom is a campus minister in Georgia um, with Baptist Collegiate Ministries. And Mm. so just grew up seeing life on life, relational ministry happening from our home and something our really our whole family was involved in, is involved in. My mom's still doing it 40 years later. Mm. And um, It is so faithful. And so really I saw ministry. I heard about Jesus. I mean, I was one of those kids. I not only went to church every Sunday and Wednesday, I went to BCM every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So totally heard the truth. You checked the boxes for sure. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) And, And I was young when I came to faith. I was, I think I was about six years old. But mm. it definitely was a growing from there where you're just understanding what did that even mean? I mean, a six-year-old's only going to comprehend so much cognitively. Right. And, and so definitely grew my understanding, grew that it's not just a head knowledge where you're believing these things. It's a relationship. And for relationship to work, that takes communication. Well, what does that look like? Whether it's with people or with the Lord, it's talking and listening. And so learning what, learning about prayer and how to talk to God, but learning how to study his word and listen to him and grew in my love of the Mm. word 
and knew from an early age, like early elementary school that I was called to ministry. So seminary was like my track from like elementary school. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool though. (laughs) You know, and it's like funny how, when you're in it, you know, in that age, you're like, oh yeah, I know all about this. (laughs) I know how this works. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Like I knew like second and third grade, I was like, I want to learn Greek and Hebrew. I want to read the Bible in its original language. I wanted to learn all these other languages too, but it wasn't until I studied them. I realized I'm not quite as gifted in that area (laughs) as I needed to be. It's amazing though, at that early of an age being like, "Mm -hmm, yep, I can do all of that. (laughs) Didn't know I couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're dreamers when we're little, for sure. Right. It's a great thing. Yes. And so now you have written a book as well, right? I have. Yes. So tell us about that. Yes. So the book is called, It's Not Just You, Freeing Women to Talk About Sexual Sin and Fight It Well. And really there's three parts to this book. So the first part really looks at, okay, what are contributing reasons to our sin, to our Mm -hmm. our sexual brokenness? So we talk about um, our sin nature. So the Mm -hmm. Bible calls us sinners and calls us weak and calls us wicked. And that is definitely reality, but we also need to deal with the reality of we have woundedness that happens in our life, things that happen in our family of origin. We have spiritual Mm -hmm. warfare, and we also have things in our biology that can contribute to our sin struggles. Mm -hmm. And so we need to account for all of that and think of the whole person if we're going to Um, deal with sin well. So that's part one. Mm -hmm. Part two is where we look at God's design for sex and six characteristics of that design. And and the book, just to kind of give you context, the book comes out of college ministry, young single ministry. And I would have some girls that had, and, and some young women who had no biblical basis for even how to think about any mm-hmm. sexual act. Yeah. So, um, and, and some ha- had heard very little biblical teaching, or you might hear teaching on homosexuality, but your pastor's not talking about masturbation from the stage. Right. So what do I do with these things? And then as technology increases, what do we do with things like augmented and virtual reality products? Mm-hmm. What do we do with sex robots that have like flesh coating on them and culture is saying, hey, they cut down on STDs, you know? Oh like, my gosh. So it's, it's how do we think about these things as believers? And so part two, I look at six characteristics of God's design for sex. And if we know his design, then we can know what is against his design and what is sin. So providing a biblical foundation for how to think about everything from oral sex to BDSM, we talk Mm -hmm. about it all. And then part three is, okay, I'm a struggler. What do I do? Where do Mm -hmm. I get started? How do I even begin to deal with this? And then there's some appendices in the back that talk about how do I know if my sexual struggle is actually an addiction, a sex addiction? Mm. And then what do I do if trauma and abuse is part of my story? Mm. Wow. It sounds like you hit it all for sure. And that's at least a place to get started. Yeah. And that's, I feel like so needed, like you said, to talk about some of those things because yeah, it's not necessarily something that a pastor, you know, is probably talking about on the stage, but it is still important. It is still important to talk about and to understand, um, what the Bible says about it, what God says about it. Um, and so kind of, you know, giving us that 
you know, initial framework is like, you know, what does the Bible say about sexual sin? Oh, you want me to give you the framework? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we definitely, as we look at the Old and the New Testament, you do see commands about sex and and Mm. God's design. Like he doesn't leave us in the dark. So Old and New Testament commands about adultery, about homosexuality, about incest, about um, the Old Testament talks about bestiality. And so we get these commands, but what do we do when we come to something where there's not a command? Mm-hmm. And that's where we look at the principle or the design. So we kind of zoom out, go a little bit more overarching. And so, for example, um, and this is a common one that I get asked about, I, I probably the most common sin struggle, sexual sin struggle among the women that I minister to is masturbation. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm thinking through, okay, how do I know if masturbation is a sin or not? Well, let me kind of run it through a framework. So God's design for sex is um, heterosexual. Well, Mm -hmm. masturbation is something that only involves one gender. Mm -hmm. And so by definition, it's a homosexual act because I'm doing it to myself and there's not another gender involved. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also sex is designed to be relational. So it's done with another human being Mm -hmm. and masturbation is solo sex. You're doing it with yourself. So again, it doesn't meet God's design. Mm -hmm. Um, Sex being relational is also why uh, sex robots and, uh, you know, some of these other things, bestiality, like it's relational with another human being. Bestiality is not that. And um, sex robots aren't that. Yeah. So I'm like, um, I've literally never even heard that before. (laughs) Yeah. So there are sex robot brothels, um, mostly in Europe and in Asia. The first one actually tried to open in Texas in the U.S. and it got what? shot down. Yep, in Houston, uh, like two years ago, pre-COVID. Oh my gosh! So, so yeah, so I actually checked recently. I was like, I wonder if one's open, but with COVID, they haven't. But I mean, they're in the rest of the world. They just haven't opened here yet. Wow, I had no idea. I mean, like with technology. You know, that's part's not surprising, but just the idea of that in general. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. And pre-programmed with human, they actually will use like human hair. They'll have synthetic flesh on them and will even have them pre-programmed to speak or respond verbally. That is creepy. Yeah, (laughs) totally creepy. In a lot of ways. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I had no idea learn something new. Yeah. You start doing a deep dive. You hear and learn. And then what is that term bestiality? I also don't know what that is. Yep. So that is sexual relations with an animal. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I, that is in the Bible as well, right? It is. You find it in Leviticus and, uh, and yeah, you see it in the old Testament. And if you think about it, like it, um, it can make sense. Like Mm. you get far enough away from God's design and you get emotionally attached. Well, Mm. emotional attachment, you can easily see where acting physically would follow. Wow. Just in the progression of things. Learn new things every day here. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So let's go back to like human and maybe even like, you know, relating a little bit more to my listeners and what, where they might be going, like from what you've said so far Mm -hmm. of like, 
oh gosh, like I struggle with that for sure. Or I um, grew up in the church and have just kind of never really heard what God says about these things. Or I've only been just told sex is bad and that's Mm. it. You know, so could you kind of walk us through some misconceptions that we might have about sexual sin? Definitely. So one thing to keep in mind is that sexual sin is not just a man's struggle. Mm. Women struggle too. If a man struggles with it sexually, a woman probably struggles with it sexually and not just women outside of the church, women inside of the church. Mm -hmm. So you are not the only one, whatever your genre of sexual sin, you are not the only one as a female or, and as a believer Mm -hmm. and, and know that your struggle doesn't define you. Um, so you're not defined by your desires. You're not defined by your struggle if you are a Christian, your identity is in Christ and Mm -hmm. knowing him and being in relationship with him and being made in his image is what defines you. So it's not your identity and it's not, um, it's not your label. Mm. So those are things that are definitely important to keep in mind. Um, misconceptions. Um, I would say, one misconception, and this is something I wish I would have like expounded upon more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm when you write a book, it's such a lengthy process, but then you put it down and you continue to learn. So the right. book is only a marker of, of what you learned or thought about up until that point. And sure. so I do wish I would have expounded more on just helping women understand that. Um, especially if you're married, that sex is not just about your husband and pleasure is equally as important for you in marriage as it is the man. Mm. It is not. Now, pleasure for you will look different probably as far as what feels good, as far as foreplay, as far as like all of those things, it will look different. And what's important to you might look different. Maybe Mm. it doesn't, but just because there's differences doesn't mean that one is more valuable than the other. And both people need to be prioritized and pleasure Mm -hmm. for both need to be prioritized in marriage. Mm, That's a good one. I hadn't really thought about how that could play out. Like me being a single woman, I'm like, (laughs) I haven't gotten to that step quite yet, you know, but um, that's a good one for sure. And I'm single too, Emma. So (laughs) you're like, I get it too. It's fine. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like that can be something, yeah, that cultures kind of put on us for sure. And culture is putting a lot on us in today's day and age, as far as this topic, you know, and now, um, especially like with the rise of just, um, LGBTQ and like, being whoever you want to be, like that kind of stuff makes this topic very confusing. Do you address any of that in your book? I would say I, I just, I start by giving the biblical principles. So if you look in the table of contents, you can actually see where I have like God's design for sex is Hmm. And and I fill in the blank, but then also I'm pulling up the table of contents so I can give you like an <laughs> example. Um, so for example, when I say why sexual sin is sin and I say sex is relational, well, the topics that I address under that are polygamy, masturbation, sexual fantasy, erotica, bestiality, sex bots, sex toys, sexual, sexual fetishes, and BDSM. Hmm. 
So just in that one chapter, I'm hitting on, these are things that you're hearing about culturally. I mean, even with 50 shades of gray, Mm -hmm. you've got, this is Hollywood's presentation of what excitement in the bedroom looks like. And even what dating looks like, which is scary because that's violence yeah, and sexual violence, not love. Mm -hmm. And so even thinking through okay, these are things that culture talks about. The church doesn't always talk about. Um, maybe your family didn't even talk about. So what does the Bible say? How do we think about these things biblically? So I would say mm-hmm. it's addressed that way in the various chapters. Okay. Yeah. That's super interesting. So uh, let's maybe talk specifically to the ladies that are like, okay, I feel like this is something I struggle with, whether it's one of the things you've named, that kind of thing. Like what's maybe your encouragement for them um, to just kind of like identify it and then how to seek the Lord in it? Mm-hmm. Great question. So keep in mind that sexual sin is a symptom. Mm-hmm. It's not the root. So if you are struggling with pornography, if you are struggling with hooking up with a guy, if you are struggling with homosexuality, those things are symptoms. And we need to look at, okay, what is motivating that behavior? What are, what is it I'm desiring? What is it I'm valuing? What is it I'm thinking or believing? What is it I'm fearful of? Mm -hmm. So we need to look at what is motivating or prompting the behavior. Mm -hmm. It's also helpful to do some examination as to what are the patterns of my behavior. Mm. So do I act out on Friday nights because I'm lonely, Mm. (laughs) which is also a motivation. I'm trying to fill that loneliness. But if I'm seeing a pattern of when I'm doing it, maybe it's always at night. Maybe it's um, always... um, when I'm in the car or, you know, if you can figure out a pattern, it can also help you prepare and think through, okay, what's leading up to that time? What am Mm -hmm. I doing? How can I prepare for that? So look for patterns and then look at motivation. And in the book, I actually walk people through a tool I call webbing. Mm -hmm. um, And it's really a graphic graphic organizer if you're a teacher friend Mm -hmm. out there. (laughs) Um, But it's just a way to help people get started in thinking through what's a symptom of sin, what's kind of at the root. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because that's so true. It's like for any sin in our life, like there's some sort of root, there's some sort of um, motivation for it, like you said. And and we, we often try to put like band-aids over the symptom instead of like figuring out where it's coming from, right? Like, I'm just, I just, I'm going to try to stop doing that. <laughs> like, good luck, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, and I'm sure many of us have experienced that where we try to fix, you know, the surface level problem. And that's just not, it's not going to work mostly because that's not what God is trying to get at. He's <laughs> yep. trying to find our hearts and like the root of it. Right. Right. There's not a lot of quick fixes here. Mm-hmm. And that might be discouraging to some of you that are listening. So there's not a lot of quick fixes. It is going to be a journey and a process. And 
not going to lie. It's probably going to be painful because self-reflection is painful. Dealing honestly with ourselves is painful. Seeing our sinfulness is painful. And if you've got any sort of woundedness or abuse in your story, that's definitely painful. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be an accounting for all of those things um, that, and working through all of those things. I, I, I think about like, if you've ever been in a car accident and you have to get your car evaluated and assessed, you have to mm-hmm. see what the damage is mm-hmm. um, so that you can know what needs to be fixed. Yeah. That assessment and evaluating of where's the damage, what's gone wrong in my life, what's gone sideways, um, that has to be accounted for in mm-hmm. order to really begin doing the work of healing those broken areas. But mm. the encouragement as a Christ follower is that healing, we believe we believe in a God who, he is a God of hope. He's a God of comfort. He is always with us. He gives us power and strength. He gives us his people. He gives us his word. And he is a God who um, desires to comfort and to heal and I, I will say there's, there might be some wounds that um, it will be a journey of healing that the ultimate healing will come in glory, mm. but we have a God who does promise that ultimate healing will one day come. Mm. Yes. And that's like, that is the ultimate hope. And, and we, in today's day and age, especially want that quick fix. Like you said, we want it to go away overnight, which is probably why we go for the, you know, surface level problems instead of the root. Cause we don't want to have to deal with that. And there are deeper, deeper issues like abuse or, you know, trauma from your past that can impact those things. And those things are harder to deal with than to go for the surface. And, and so being able to go, okay, this is going to take some time And what's also going to take some time is for Jesus to come back. Like, probably, I don't know. He could come back in five seconds. I have no idea. But, you know, being able to have that kingdom mindset um, is is tough when you're in the moment, right? It is. It's painful. And it's painful to walk alongside somebody and see that I can't, make this better for you. I can't make this faster for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so even as a friend or a small group leader or a ministry leader, like, or a family member, you're going to watch this and you're often going to feel helpless, Mm -hmm. but that's where you have to remember. I can't control. I can't change. I can't, I can't change their past and I can't change how hard this might be for somebody in the present, but I can listen and learn how to listen well. Mm-hmm. I can educate myself because this is going to be a little soapbox. But mm-hmm. if you are, if you have survivors in your life, do the work of educating yourself about PTSD and its effects. Mm-hmm. Because there is nothing worse than making the person who has experienced trauma try to explain trauma to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, and that's why even in, in one of the appendices, I even give like just a brief overview of ways that trauma affects a person, because I just Mm -hmm. want you to have that information because if you have it, then you can know how to love that person in those areas. Mm -hmm. That's good. Cause sometimes it is hard to, uh, know what to say. Like, obviously prayer is like the first and foremost, because yeah we need God. (laughs) There's not a lot we can do as humans to help our friends. Um, 
without him. Uh, but do, can you think of any other like questions or things that we can say to friends or whoever it is that, you know, we're walking alongside something like this? That's a great question, Emma. So one tip is if you are talking with someone, um, no matter what they're sharing with you, this could be Mm -hmm. a confession of sin. This could be trauma. Um, and what I'm about to say, it comes from a good place. It comes from trying to make the other person feel comfortable or like they're not the only one. Yeah. But, um, but please do not try to respond to their sharing by telling your own story Mm. or some event in your life that somewhat maybe somewhere identifies with what they're trying to say. Right. Because in doing that, you're taking the attention off them and what they're trying to communicate and you're putting the spotlight on yourself Mm -hmm. and you're really shutting down a conversation because you're making them feel like you don't care because you're not listening Mm -hmm. and just giving space. So that's a tip. Um, If you're thinking about just a question to ask, so keep in mind like facts and feelings. So you can ask, well, what happened? You know, do you want to share with me what's going on? So I'm kind of getting at the facts and I'm letting Mm -hmm. them choose like however much or however little they share and then feelings. All right. So that's happened. What are you feeling Mm -hmm. and, and what's going on inside? And, and then from there, you're welcome to ask, is there anything that you would like from me? Like, are you wanting me to answer a question? Are you wanting mm-hmm. me to, you know, I don't want to go into fix it mode, but are you wanting mm-hmm. me to brainstorm with you some things that we can take as next steps? Or are you just wanting me to listen? Or do you just mm-hmm. need a hug? Right. Because <laughs> so, sometimes that's all they need. It's so yeah. true. <laughs> so, and feel free, you know, they if you are encountering somebody who is suffering, and again, this could be sin, struggle, which is a temptation is a form of suffering, Mm -hmm. or it could be somebody with trauma. So if somebody is suffering, please don't feel like you have to answer their faith questions that they might have. Mm -hmm. So if they ask the why question, why does God let this happen? Don't feel like you have to answer that. Sometimes what they need is just somebody who is not shocked by the question, mm. somebody who will just be a faithful hearer of it and not try to solve and rush in. And sometimes we try to rush in because we're fearful of what might happen if we don't have all the answers. But mm-hmm. sometimes we just need to be a faithful hearer of the question. That's so true. I feel like a lot of times we're like, okay, they need to hear um how I can relate in some way, you know, but that's not often what they need, just someone to hear them out, right? And actively listen to what they're trying to say, because it's probably, especially in this topic, I don't know, I feel like it can be more, uh, it can just be scarier to confess or scarier to talk about. Um, And I don't know why cultures made it that way, but um, when somebody's talking about these things, a lot of times it is, they just need somebody to hear them out because it probably is scary for someone to talk about. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm so glad you felt like you could share that with me. I mean, that's just an easy, simple response. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for just those tips because I feel like we are going to encounter, you know, especially within biblical friendships of just how to respond in a loving way. Um, can be hard to kind of figure out. And so that's super helpful. 
Um, and even non-believers too. Like, yeah, it's amazing what a testimony it can be to your lost friends and family if you just listen well to them. Yeah, yeah, that too. It doesn't mean you have to give the uh, the sermon afterwards or during, you know, mm-hmm. just listening. Yeah, I totally agree. That's good. Um, okay. So Ashley, I'd love to jump into just my last two questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show. They're a little bit more fun. So sharp turn skirt. We'll go a little lighter and happier. (laughs) Yes. Just, just to finish it out, (laughs) but still love everything we've talked about. Um, what are you like reading, listening to watching? You can pick any of those things. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you kind of one for each. So love it. watching the Olympics are happening and yes. I love the Olympics. What's so, your favorite like event to watch? Gymnastics hands oh, yeah. down. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I think that's almost all of us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and like, I fell in love with the Olympics because of the Magnificent Seven in 1996. Oh, so mm. I thought that could mm. be me one day. I had a gymnastics coach who just very gently told me otherwise, but oh no, <laughs> oh, it was, it was great. It, and we both knew it. We both yeah. knew it. She just told me you, you're more of you a dancer it. than a gymnast. You need so, to switch. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Olympic glory, you know, set aside. Not um, quite, didn't quite make it. Yeah. Yeah. That gold medal, little too out of reach. Um, <laughs> So the Olympics and then reading, I'm in a book group that meets monthly. And so this month's book is C.S. Lewis's The Pilgrim's Regress. Oh, so just started it. So yeah. So reading that and we'll discuss that in a couple of weeks and then listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, that podcast. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. So it's a, a CT, so Christianity Today, it, they're doing a deep dive into um, the fall of Mar- Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll. And it wow. is really helping us think about celebrity pastors and wow. as well as abuse in the church and even biblical manhood and womanhood, what it is and what it isn't. Mm. So fascinating. Super very well done. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that out. I have a podcast, but I also love listening to podcasts. So, <laughs> okay. So what's, what's one that you're listening to? So, I mean, you, um, this is like your thing. I mean, this one isn't very exciting as much I feel like as yours, but, um, I've been listening to a lot of Dave Ramsey podcast. Yeah. I think he's pretty genius and I'm like trying to figure out my finances. <laughs> yes, Adulting girl. is really hard. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also a huge crime junkies fan. They do like true crime stuff. So I'm, I'm always listening to them. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I can't remember. I just blanked on the name of the podcast, but the one that took place with the missing teacher in South Georgia. Oh, uh, it was a big podcast a couple of years ago. I'm from that area. So really? I should remember. <gasps> oh yeah. Cause when the pot, they put, they solved the crime because of the podcast. What? You're going to have to yes. send that to me. I'll have to, we'll have to send it to you and put it on the show notes later or something. Yes. But yes, but yes, they solved it because of the podcast, but what? like my That's hometown crazy. area is kind of known because of that now. <laughs> oh my. You're like, <laughs> yeah, we're the missing teacher city. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so. And when you were saying what you're reading, I'm reading or I like just started it. So 
don't ask me the synopsis of it quite yet, but it's becoming Mrs. Lewis. So it's talking about C.S. Lewis's Uh, wife. Yeah. I know it came out like a while back, but I didn't know it existed until recently. So (laughs) I'm excited. It just makes you want to go to Oxford. That's all it does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just like be able to have coffee with them would be like really great. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Wonder what I would learn, you know? (laughs) and then lastly what is refreshing you these days like anything that's just giving you life Hmm. I mean time like one-on-one I'm a quality time Hmm. one-on-one person so anytime I've just got that one-on-one time with a good friend that you're you're just yourself right um so that's always life-giving I am a pure bar um, gym workout person. And so, which is like a ballet kind of based. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do that a couple of times a week, mental health and can work it out. (laughs) Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, so my book released actually the week that we're recording the podcast and I'm going to probably post on Instagram tonight, a friend of mine, Doe and Dove Bakery in Birmingham. She, made me the most beautiful book cookies. Like they are the cover what? of my book. I know like that is so, so cool. artistically designed. So I, I gave them out like at the dinner I did with some friends the night yeah. of the release, but I also have several that I'm still eating on. So they are very uh, life-giving. Yeah. That is <laughs> and so balancing cool. it out with the gym, you know, go to the gym, eat yes. some cookies. It's all about balance. That's Absolutely. Right. I support you in that. Thank you. <laughs> as long as you send me a cookie. No, I'm just <laughs> I mean, the pictures will be on Instagram, but I don't know that they quite will okay. make it to you, Emma. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. She's like, I've got one left, three left, and they'll be gone tonight. You know, <laughs> I can give you the recipe though. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to be able to make your, um, your beautiful book though. You know, <laughs> no, but the <laughs> taste, skills. the taste will still be there. <laughs> I am a major cookie fan. Uh, fun, fun fact. I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast, but my students call me Miss Cookie because my last name is Cook. My first name is Emma. So my email is cookie at Frisco. And so they call me Miss Cookie. That is so cute. (laughs) It's it's fun. So that's why I'm never getting married because I want to keep that name. You want to keep that. (laughs) I mean, you might just have to make that your middle name or something. That's true. That's true. So So then maybe they could still call me that. But then might be rude towards my future husband. I don't know. I don't know. Just keep it as the middle name. It's still in there. But what is your favorite cookie? Oh, I can't pick. Uh... I mean, just classic chocolate chip. Okay. I think I don't. Okay. I'll eat any cookie. Okay. <laughs> I don't. We dis- do not discriminate. I don't with discriminate cookies. at all. No. <laughs> what is yours? Um, I I do love a good oatmeal peanut butter. Oh. Um, I like Snickerdoodles. I'm with you. Like, mm-hmm. they're all good. A good yes. like shortbread cookie. Oh, a good good shortbread cookie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Girl Scout cookies. Samoas. Mm-hmm. What about you? Mm-hmm. Frozen Thin Mints. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do we, is that Girl Scout cookie season? Right? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> we still have a lot of months till then. <laughs> it's like <Man>. February. <laughs> I will say, pro tip, do you have Aldi's in Birmingham? We do, yeah. They have some knockoff ones that are pretty close. What? Samoas specifically. Mm-hmm. Game changer. Yeah. So. Hmm. 
Ashley immediately runs to Aldi. <laughs> like tomorrow. <laughs> while eating her book cookies. That's right. Well, you know, I'm going to run out. I got to have something after that. That's <laughs> so true. I hope you find them. <laughs> after Pure Bar. That's right. That's right. Again, balance. It's balance. moderation. That's right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Ashley. It was super fun. And just, I'm really refreshed by this conversation and just learned some new things too. So thank you so much for encouraging us. Thanks, Emma. It's been so wonderful to meet you. Yes, you too. I am so thankful for Ashley's time on the podcast today and just pray that the Holy Spirit uses her words to make you look more like Jesus. So stay fresh, my people. 